Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Love Grove on Health. My name is Dominic Lukes. I'm the product marketing manager here at Skills for Health and joining me as always is star of the show, Andrew Lovegrove. How's things with you, Andrew? Hello there, Dom. Really good to uh, be with you again. And we've got another extra special episode of the podcast today uh, on Love Grove on Health because we've got not one but two special guest stars, haven't we? Which is very exciting for us. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've maxed out the, the spaces in our virtual studio for, for this special ed- edition. Um, even though I have been getting a bit of fan mail, Andrew, from people, mainly my mum, saying that they would like us to go back to our one-to-one. So perhaps we'll try and squeeze one in, if not before Christmas, just after, just into the new year. Perhaps it's like a sort of review of the last 12 months. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. We're joined today by Vanessa and Libby. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves, Libby? Yeah, hello. Uh, lovely to, to be here, uh, Dom and Andrew. So my name is Libby Potter and I work at Health Education England. I'm in a role called Head of Portfolio and I head up a few of the national programmes there. In this context, I'm the um, co-lead for the Ascend programme, which we can tell you all about in a moment. Cool. Thank you. And Vanessa? Hi, everybody. Great to be here and thank you for the invitation to talk about the Ascend programme. My name's Vanessa Taylor. I'm Director of Practice and Care Partnerships at the University of Huddersfield and Professor of Cancer and Palliative Care. But in this context, um, I am a member of the Ascend programme and also lead for what is known as Workstream 5, which we will talk about, which is the career pathway, capabilities in practice and education framework and look forward to our conversation today. Andrew, I'll I'll pass the mic over to you. Fantastic. Thank you and and, and welcome. And, you know, we really are grateful that you're joining us here today. And I think we've already touched on uh, the reasons for today's podcast. Um, We're here to talk about the the aspirants uh, cancer career education and development program and we just love abbreviations in the health sector which we 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 refer to as the ascend program and uh, maybe for shorthand that's what we'll refer to it as during uh, the course of the podcast and we're launching this podcast as one of the key components of the ascend program is the launch of the framework that Vanessa talked about a few moments ago and during the course of the conversation today we're going to talk about the Ascend program more broadly but uh, specifically we're going to focus on the newly launched framework. So what I thought it would be really good and I might come to you Libby in the first instance could you possibly give our listeners a brief background into Ascend, thinking about you know where its origins lie and you know what what it's hoping to uh, achieve, you know you know why this program and what are the the, the aims and objectives of the program? Because I think it will really help our listeners understand some of the the, the products that fall out of the, the program if they have a sense of what the background to it all is. Yeah, more than happy to. And um, I suppose, first of all, it's really important to think about the context and the background of all this, because arguably, you know, never has there been a time, uh, a greater time to focus on the cancer workforce than now. Cancer is such a complex and significant disease. We know that, unfortunately, one in two of us will get cancer over a lifetime. And it's, a, as I say, a complex disease. It has over 200 types and subtypes of this disease and in the UK we know that the number of people living with a cancer diagnosis is set to double for more than 2 million in 2022 to 4 million by 2030. It's getting ever more complex with the treatment uh, and the management of it and particularly the, the drive for scientific and sort of technological innovations that, that we see rapidly occurring in in this area of healthcare. So the nursing and the AHP workforce, they make an absolutely critical 
contribution in supporting patients and their families. Um, and that's right at the start, uh, pre-diagnosis, often as not, all the way through that cancer pathway through treatment towards um, living with and beyond cancer and sadly in some cases towards palliation and end of life. So what we do know about the cancer workforce is that there's significant um, pressure on the current workforce and, and unless we act, Andrew, I think we risk without being without the right number of, of healthcare professionals with the right knowledge and the right skills and the capabilities to, to effectively deliver the very best healthcare that we all want to give but also to meet all the recommendations of things like the the, the national long-term plan. So why was the ASCEND programme developed? Well, in that context and backdrop, we know that there were a number of reports really calling upon the urgent need to address and meet these challenges that are facing the current workforce and to be able to support that, that future workforce. So the overall purpose of the ASCEND is to address some things that we know are really missing Ultimately, it's about transformation and it's about reform in education and training and career pathways for people supporting patients at all points of, of their cancer pathway from the supportive assistive level. So we might be talking about cancer support workers there to pre-registration to registered professionals working at enhanced and working towards advanced level and then on towards consultant and into strategic leadership. So at all levels of practice, supporting people living with cancer. So what it really aims to do, the ASEM programme, is to attract students, registered and allied health professionals into a career in cancer, which sort of really secures the specialist workforce. We hope to develop and promote a nationally agreed multi-level education framework and career pathway for nurses and, and cancer support workers and allied health professionals and those aspiring to move along that career pathway, but also to absolutely stay put, but to be the, you know to be delivering the very best care um, and support to, to people living with cancer. And so we want to be able to do this to be able to sort of ensure that we've got the, the right skills now for our workforce, but also to develop them for the future. We know that there's a shortage of cancer workforce across the board, and particularly when we look at our clinical nurse specialist workforce. And we know also it is an ageing workforce, actually. So we know that there's a really urgent need to address these urgent issues that are facing and adding to the challenges facing the cancer workforce. And I think we've done several other podcasts where we've talked about some very similar challenges within the workforce, not least, you know, an, an ageing workforce, people uh, leaving the NHS, leaving the healthcare workforce, and then that ability to to bring people in, but once we bring them in, to keep them in and actually retaining them. And it may seem almost obvi- an obvious thing to say, but recruitment and retention go hand in hand. And sometimes we put so much effort into recruitment, we forget about retention to stop people leaving to retain that precious talent that is our workforce and I think one of the things that helps retain people there's there's things that are within our gift and there are things that are not within our gift so I'm not going to mention pay today for example because that's something that is not within our gift but actually creating a future creating opportunities showing where those opportunities are showing where you know yes you may be an x today but you know tomorrow you are a y two weeks time you're the z and that will be dependent on lots of factors not least someone's as an individual their preferences about their career but at least seeing that there is a viable career option for them, you know, to use a cliche, the sky's the limit. It's got a really, you know, I think that has some curb appeal for, you know, this area of practice, because I think we're competing with other areas of practice as well. You know, the last podcast we did was around some of the challenges in primary care and, different context but very similar similar issues so I think every you know if we're doing everything and anything we can to 
deal with some of those workforce challenges, I think that's got to be celebrated. And I think that's why we're so grateful to be discussing this today, because we're actually able, you know, to promote a, a good thing. I think this is a good news story, send is a good thing. And obviously, Libby, you've already mentioned the framework as a key component. And I think what I'd probably do at this point is ask Vanessa if you could perhaps just give our listeners a brief overview of the framework, the Ascend framework, which is a component of the the overall programme. So perhaps you could perhaps just say a little bit about, you know, what its purpose is uh, and also for our listeners, what elements make up the framework. Thanks, Andrew. Um, In terms of the framework, I think one of the things to add into Libby's discussion about the ASCEND programme, although the the work is is about the cancer workforce, we want to emphasise that we recognise very much that that cancer workforce includes those who work in non-specialist settings who provide care to people affected by cancer in those generalist settings in primary care. So we want to embrace everyone, the whole workforce who provides some care to people affected by cancer in whichever settings and services. And and the framework includes all of those registered and uh, supportive colleagues in health and social care as well, providing that general cancer care. And we also want to emphasise, I think at this point, that We're thinking about the range of learning and development opportunities that people may be able to access, that it's not just about an accredited module or an accredited university course, that we are thinking very much about the range of learning opportunities, both workplace-based, continuing professional development, e-learning, etc., a whole host of experiential learning opportunities where people can draw on that experience to think about the way in which they can develop their knowledge and skills around cancer uh, and move into the cancer workforce as well, the specialist cancer workforce. The framework itself is part of one of six work streams in the Ascend project. We call it Workstream 5 and I probably referred to it that way at the beginning. So, yeah, Workstream 5 is the development of the career pathway core capabilities and education framework for the cancer workforce. And by the cancer workforce, as Libby's talked about, it's the nursing and allied health professional workforce. The framework itself includes, as I said, practitioners who care for people affected by cancer in both general and specialist settings and the framework itself comprises three key components that interlock and work together. So the the first component is a career pathway and this is for all levels of practice and Libby has talked about those levels of practice. We use levels, not roles. Otherwise, it would become incredibly confusing if we started to talk about role titles. So we talk about levels of practice. And the levels of practice are the supportive level, the assistive level, pre-registration, registration, enhanced, advanced and consultant levels of practice. And we've included pre-registration level in there because we're very much want to attract the pre-registration workforce into a career in cancer, but also make sure that even if that's not their aspiration, they have a level of knowledge and skill in caring for people affected by cancer wherever they practice at the point of registration. So we talk about levels of practice and we align very much our career pathway to national frameworks for career pathways and also national requirements for advanced and consultant level practice as well. As I say, the first component is the career pathway. The second component is the core capabilities in practice. And uh, these are identified under headings of the four pillars of professional practice. So clinical, research, leadership, and education pillars. And 
The core capabilities are identified for each of the levels of practice in the career pathway and are colour-coded to give an indication of what we think as a ASCEND programme and also following consultation from the wider workforce the proposed capabilities for each level of practice should be. So what somebody should be able to undertake in practice. Although we do appreciate very much that roles in practice are a bit more fluid and flexible and somebody's role may include a mixture of these levels and there is that flexibility that we will talk about in the implementation of the capabilities. And just to add in as well that the capabilities in practice have been very much aligned to for the advanced and consultant levels, that these are in addition to the more generic capabilities that are expected by national groups, national frameworks for advanced and consultant level practice roles. So hopefully these components are all bringing together pieces of jigsaw that are align to national frameworks as well uh, for defining things like advanced and consultant level practice. The final part is the education framework and again alongside the capabilities we are identifying minimum learning outcomes, syllabus and using the capabilities as proposed assessments as a way of evidence achievement of specific cancer knowledge and capabilities for the different levels of practice. And although the learning outcomes and the syllabus are presented in a kind of traditional module format, we want to emphasise, as I did earlier, that people can demonstrate achievement of this core knowledge, the core learning outcomes and the capabilities through a whole range of learning opportunities workplace-based, as I said, continuing professional development, reflective practice, etc. So it's just for ease of presentation that the learning outcomes have been presented in that format. There are two core modules, as it were, that are talked about in the framework. And the first one is called Foundations of Cancer Care, which identifies specific learning outcomes, knowledge and capabilities for the supportive, assistive and pre-registration students. And then the other core module is fundamentals of cancer care, and that's for the registration to consultant levels of practice. And for those who want to go on and progress in their career pathway, we've built on those core learning outcomes with additional learning with some high-level learning outcomes for postgraduate-type certificates and diplomas as well. So these three components very much work together to set the standard of knowledge and capability for each of the levels of practice in the career pathway. And one of the activities of Ascend will be to develop a digitised portfolio into which we will incorporate the framework and people will be able to record, upload and support and evidence their achievement of these capabilities and knowledge in that portfolio eventually, although it's going to be a paper version to start with when we launch the framework. I hope that gives you a bit of an overview of the framework and what it includes and how the three parts work together. I mean, thanks for that, Vanessa. I mean, I've sort of have read the framework from cover to cover, and it is, you know, in the truest sense of the word, a fantastic resource, and the the things you've alluded to that are in it are just uh, fabulous. And I think as you were going through those three sort of elements of the framework, it was very clear that, each of those elements stands up on its own two feet. They are, um, you know, if, if, if they just, if each element just existed or if only one of them existed, that would be a fantastic contribution to the workforce and workforce development initiatives and addressing some of the priorities that we face. But the fact that they all knit together so beautifully, I think there will be people like me, who will pick that framework up and sort of take a cover-to-cover approach. 
but I think there'll be some people out there who will just draw out the bits that are specific to them. And I mean that not just in terms of the, the levels of practice that are relevant to them, but also the, the guidance, the reference, the, the support that it provides them. So, you know, if you were doing some work around career promotion, looking at, because um, one of the things you really said, they said, Vanessa, that I really uh, picked up on was that whole, whilst this is a framework that deals with cancer care, we are not just saying this, you know, unless you are a, you know, specific cancer specialist, that this framework doesn't apply to you. This framework applies to everyone because, Libby, you are giving some of the stats. It's highly, it's highly unlikely that if you're a practicing nurse or AHP at any level, that you're not going to come into contact with someone who's being affected by cancer now that could be directly or indirectly and uh, I think that's a real USP of this framework that we've taken that holistic approach because I think there are other frameworks out there that their scope has been defined in such a way that if you're if you're not in scope of the framework it's almost well you know move on move on to the next one because this doesn't apply to me so I think this if I can call it open arms approach certainly in my in my opinion I think it will resonate with those members of the workforce who okay their substantive job is not cancer care in in, in a specialist sense but will will be providing cancer care to a, a more or, 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 or less extent so I, I really just wanted to sort of you know make a a bit of a song and dance uh, about that because that's something that, as again, as I read it from cover to cover, that's something that really jumped off the page uh, at me. I think the other points around the the, the framework we'll talk about, sort of, you know, the, the the what next of the framework as we move on. But I mean, I sort of open up this question to, to both of you, really. But so we've talked about ascend. And we've talked about the framework, and today obviously is is, is about the framework and its launch. But I, I was just interested where you felt how the framework supports those other elements of ascend, but also that question in reverse: how can the other elements of ascend support the framework? Because for people on the call who are not familiar with all the work streams and I know information is on the ascend website, uh, details attached to the to the podcast can find out but i'd just be interested in how people how you both see the, the the relationship between the framework and how ascend overalls is supporting that but the other way around uh, as well so libby have i come to you in the first instance yeah absolutely um i think you know first of all i think it's really worth recognizing what an enormous program this is really with with huge ambition but potentially equally far-reaching, long-lasting impact and benefits for the council workforce. I think it really is end-to-end, so it really is from uh, across all levels of practice, as Vanessa has said. And the way that we've arranged the programme, because when you're ever delivering anything like that, you have to think about how, you know, we've got a big elephant here, we have to cut it down into sizable chunks to, to make this work and to get us to where we want to be. So what we've done is we've created work streams, as we call them. And so we have a work stream for the supportive assistive level. And then we have a work stream that supports the pre-registration, registered, enhanced, advanced, and the strategic leader, which is also a very important element of the Ascend programme, is developing our aspirant future leaders but also those leaders who are currently leading cancer services to develop their skills and their leadership, because we know how important really good leadership is in delivering the very best outcomes for patients and supporting their staff in a, in a compassionate way. So what we've got is we've got this hugely important uh, education, career and capability framework, which is there for everyone. But what we've tried to do then is develop 
some particular tools, resources, education and career information per sort of level of practice. And what we are developing is something called the Ascend Hub, Andrew, which is going to be hosted on our e-learning for health platform at Health Education England. And what we hope is to have a, a hub area per work stream. So we're going to have a hub for the supportive assistive people who support people living with cancer and that will include information on like I say education capabilities which will link directly into the ascend capability education um, and career framework and then also um, information about careers maybe things about job descriptions about ways to support career pathways in whatever level of practice that might be so what we're hoping to do is create ultimately a go-to place for the workforce who are working at every any level of practice but who wish to aspire to move across that pathway or as I say to be the best that they they wish to be with where they are but to have resources that, that are there for everyone a bit of a one-stop shop so ultimately that's how we've arranged it and we've been very very fortunate in the support that we've had for developing the program very much we have got a, a wide variety of stakeholders who were it's absolutely vital that this is driven by the system supporting the, the development of this very much. I see that as a really important success factor. So we're working with a wide range of, of people working in various areas of healthcare, supporting the development of the capability framework through the consultation of the capability framework, but also in the development of our hub areas and in some of those outputs that we hope to achieve as the ASEM programme moves on through its um, its years that it's got to, to deliver within. So each of them, though, as I say, is underpinned by this capability, education and career framework at its heart. Yeah, and I think, you know, having worked with the Ascend programme um, leading up to the podcast today, that, that comes across very clearly that the, the framework is this sort of central sort of guiding light of the work and you know I think everyone is you know really pleased that that, you know that the work is being launched and being made available uh, for people to start being able to use and take forward but its utility will be delivered through some of the work that's then going to happen in those other work streams as well so I think it's that mutual feeding approach the other work streams have needed the framework and the frameworkers needs and will need the other work streams because you know if we just had a one work stream ascend program i doubt we would be where we are today let alone where we think we need to be in the future vanessa is anything else you'd want to add to what libby said i think in terms of the work streams they are key to demonstrating the opportunities to operationalize and implement the framework and how it can be used by practitioners, by employers, by commissioners and system leaders. So they're fantastic examples of ways to use what could potentially become a document that sits on a shelf and we really want this to be um, something that's used in its variety of guises that you've already alluded to, Andrew, that this can be used in flexible and different ways. So alongside the work streams, which would be critical for implementing the framework, making sure that all practitioners at the different levels have access to appropriate support in practice but also access to appropriate education opportunities and learning and development opportunities through commissioning and and those kinds of things but we do want to be able to share those ideas of how to implement this in practice how services are implementing this across the workforce and the Ascend Hub will be a really key to sharing a range of resources such as role descriptors, how to evidence against the capabilities, but also illustrating through personas, um, people 
talking about their practice, how they've progressed through the career pathway, how they've used the capabilities, but also organisational case studies of how services have used and implemented the Ascend framework as we start to gather that information through the evaluation of the framework. So the work streams are uh, really important and alongside those will be drawing on other examples that we can put on the Ascend Hub and also direct people to a range of learning and development opportunities and a range of resources to help them really make this live useful a framework that can be adopted in practice in the different ways that services and practitioners need. And I think, you know, Vanessa, you you just uh, alluded to this, that frameworks are a great workforce development tool, but there's a risk. They become great works of writing, but then don't seem to permeate the real world. And I think what you've set out and what you've set out, Libby, as well, is that there are lots of things happening to ensure that it that doesn't happen, that it doesn't become a bookend on, on somebody's shelf. And I think the fact that Ascend is carrying on is a great way of ensuring that doesn't happen because, you know, speaking personally, I've been involved in framework development projects that as soon as the framework is developed, the project then packs up and goes home because everyone says oh well that's job done we've we've developed the framework we've developed the standard i would argue the the hard work's only just starting really and and i say that with someone who's sweat you know blood and tears over wordsmithing particular statements based on feedback we've had from stakeholders but really the launch of this framework is really the start of the journey, the start of addressing some of those challenges that we've uh, mentioned uh, earlier on. And I think as well as the framework, you know, gosh, you know, you buy one, you get one free. So as well as the framework, we're actually launching uh, alongside the framework, those sort of implementation and user guides for people out there. So Vanessa, do you just want to say, you mentioned a little bit already about those. Do you just want to say a little bit more about those? Because I think they're fantastic resources as, again, a standalone document, but alongside the framework, they're absolutely fabulous. Communication and implementation is going to be critical here, isn't it? We we do want this to, to be used and useful in practice. And as you say, Andrew, not only is the work continuing on the framework and there will be some additions to that in the future focusing around the strategic leadership career pathway part of it and the cancer researcher and educator roles but we also want to make sure that colleagues feel supported with the implementation and have created some user and implementation guides which in their appendices, as I said, include some useful resources um, for evidencing against the capabilities and the knowledge identified in the learning outcomes. Um, And they also include uh, role descriptors that align to the different levels within the framework itself. We're going to be uh, holding some roundtable discussions uh, with services and practitioners to talk about the ways in which people might use this and how to overcome perhaps some of the barriers and challenges they might face in practice and to share some good practice examples. So there's going to be some initial activity to support implementation, which will then continue as the Ascend programme develops, as I say, with the ePortfolio, the Ascend Hub being populated and directed to other resources and also drawing from the experiences of some early adopter organisations and sites and practitioners. To start with, there are some other tools in there that people might find useful to think about implementing the framework. For example, there's some audit tools for education providers to audit 
some of their pre and post registration education provision that already exists to be able to illustrate how their learning opportunities align to the framework. And also for practitioners to think about their revalidation and reviewing the knowledge and uh, capabilities in the framework and evidencing those. And also things for employers who might want to compare and contrast some of the role descriptors against the capabilities for some of their practitioners. Implementation at a service and organisation and system level might take a bit longer to embed, but we have got some early adopter organisations who are already starting to implement the framework and to pilot it for us. And of course, we'll want to evaluate that and provide the feedback and inform the implementation guides further down the line as well. And I think one of the key sections of the framework before you get into any of the detail is that section on you know who the framework is for and actually which bits of the framework are going to be particularly relevant or the the way you approach the framework is going to be really crucial because for example an HEI or or other type of learning institution the way it picks up the framework compared to somebody who's interested in a career in cancer care. It's all relevant, but it's finding those bits that are especially relevant to them. And I think what we've what the Ascend programme has tried to do is to bring all that information together. And as um, some of the digitization of the framework, that will help with some of the accessibility. But I think the framework, um, I'm kind of projecting myself now, but it's almost like when I did my print two practitioner exam and I had lots of little sticky notes out with all the sections written in and which if I needed to quickly get to a, a, a certain page, it was there for me. And, and I, I think it's um, going to be the quality and the approachability of the resource um, is going to be a, it's it's really good, but I think again, it it just adds to the, to its value and its uh, utility. Libby, I'm not going to ask you about long term metrics and outcome measures because I know that's something you that you probably have to battle with fairly regularly as a as a program lead. But I suppose in terms of the framework, your sort of you know your hope and expectations for the framework now that it's sort of been launched and made available perhaps in the short run you know if, if I was to speak to you in I don't know six nine months time what hopes do you have you know where do you see some of the to use that expression quick wins for the framework you know what you know if, I, if we were to speak again in six to nine months time what would you be hoping for what you know change or or development or improvement or or, or gear shifts you know what how would the world look if you could get your wish Libby that's a great question Andrew I mean I think in the very first the very quick answer is that people are using it Andrew and ideally to its fullest extent but at least are starting to embed it into their organizations as there's lots of different levels aren't there there's both the individual so how is the individual getting to grips with it are they using it? Are they finding it accessible? Are they finding it that they can apply the three elements of the framework to, to their everyday roles? How are they incorporating that? In what way are they enabling themselves to self-manage that? And how are they getting the support as well from their organisational, from their line manager or workplace mentor? So I think I'm talking about using it. But I'm also talking about us having some understanding of how that's landed and how that's being implemented. And I think it's really important, as you say, Andrew, to not just launch this and then leave it alone and turn our attention to something else, but actually to really understand how that has landed and how it's been supportive and how it's been used mm -hmm. at all levels. So what we'd really like to do is work with our work streams to really embed that, but then go back to them and learn and understand and, and as Vanessa said we hope to run some round tables with a variety of different people who might use 
the framework from the individuals themselves, perhaps from all levels of practice, but also perhaps from educators, um, perhaps some of the higher education institutes, how they've been able to implement it with pre-reg and post-reg courses, for example, how employers have been able to embed that. We've already heard from some potential organisations are really keen on, on using this as early adopters about packaging up some kind of action learning set approach where they have a group of certain practitioners who want to uh, develop their capabilities t- together because it can be a bit of a lonely, j- lonely journey. So I think that that's a really exciting idea. And again, that's what we want to hear more of and to be able to hear if that works and then roll that out further. I mean, as I say, ultimately, our, our, my best thing, my utopia would be that it's out there, it's heard of, it's being used, and most importantly, that it's it's supporting people to develop, it's supporting people to be able to identify what their learning and development needs are, both in practice but and also in the classroom as well, to support them, and that hopefully the Ascend Hub will be a place where they can go and find some of those resources. We know that they're not all all there. We know that there's some fantastic resources and tools and education out there, but there are perhaps some gaps there. So, you know, that's part of our role as well, to hear about where those gaps are and to develop some of those those things that our workforce need, all levels of practice as well. So I think for me, it's about the launch. It's I think it's about the implementation of it. And then I think it's about the feedback and that being an iterative process. And I think as um, Vanessa spoke about, Ideally, what we'd like to move towards is a digital accessible format. So at the moment, it's an interactive PDF document, but we'd really like that to turn into a digital portfolio type so that it can be personalised to you, so that you can collect your your own evidence of your capabilities and practice and how they've matched and how you're going to be seeking towards the development of a, of a personal development plan to achieving those going forwards. So, yeah. In short, we'd like it to be used and we'd like to learn how that's being used and we'd like to then support and enable further usage and for us to keep on improving and enabling the workforce to make this an accessible and really usable and helpful tool. That's absolutely great, Libby. And I think, again, it reinforces that continuous improvement learning approach. I think it's one of the fundamental principles of uh, Ascend because there would be other projects and programs that would not have launched the framework as it is now. They would have said, oh, well, no, we must wait until it's fully digitalised and it's it's fully formed and it's fully, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think launching it as it stands is a vital because I think we you know I believe we need to get it out there quote unquote but also as we do that and as we listen and gain people's experiences of interfacing with the framework there will be things that we that you know the royal we that we learn that then maybe helps to inform that future digitization you know Everyone said that Betamax was the, you know, the the best way of, you know, recording programs in the 1980s. But actually, user experience showed us that VHS was the way forward. I know to anybody under the age of 40 who's listening will not get that cultural reference uh, whatsoever. But you know, look it up on Wikipedia, guys. But actually, that sense of, well, you know, we're going to do something now. Um, we're going to then take a step back. Other work will be happening in the other work streams. But then actually, you know, let's hear what people have got to say. You know, what's their experience of using the framework? And, you know, how can we make a good thing even better moving forward? So I think that's uh, that's a really important approach. And I think uh, recognising that people at all levels, you know, uh, and people who have organisational responsibility, service line responsibility, individual responsibility, this framework has them in mind. And I think, you know, having done some work, for example, recently in primary care, that doesn't have what you might think of with the traditional support structures, actually having something that is accessible, this is, you know, it's digestible, you can pick out the bits that are relevant to you. Again, 
I think is really, uh, you know, it's, it's a really good principle that this framework uh, has got. Vanessa, I've asked Libby what, you know, what the world would be like, sort of according to Libby, but is there anything, Vanessa, from you that, you know, sort of over and above what Libby said, you know, if I was to come back to you in six to nine months, Vanessa, what would your utopia be? <laughs> I think much like Libby in the sense of I want this to be used and to be usable in practice for the the range of practitioners, um, employers, system leaders, but I want it to be a usable and alive document. And I think that process of continuous improvement as well for the framework, we will revisit it and we will update it in terms of um, adding in additional career pathways and also learning very much from the implementation experiences of colleagues in practice. So very much a live document and I think that's absolutely critical and, and supporting colleagues with the implementation of this recognizing and signposting people to the already great work and wealth of resources that exist um this isn't about as i think libby said this isn't about replacing work that's done for example education that's already provided etc this is about signposting uh, an opportunity to signpost and bring all of those resources together aligned to the ascend program in the longer term longer than nine months um it will be great you to think about how we might demonstrate that this has had an impact um an impact on service on innovation on the workforce and we'll need to think about how we can demonstrate and illustrate that and the, uh, the effect on patient care and people affected by cancer but that's in the future to think about but we'll be really heartening to understand in more detail i think we're we're, we're already doing the storyboard for a future podcast there vanessa which uh, would be absolutely amazing to do so we're launching the framework um as people are listening to this the framework will be there and i suspect that there will be people who look at it and they are um, even more aware of the work that Ascend is doing. So the Ascend programme has a, a website. Um, so if if people wanted to get involved and, you know, let's not worry too much about what the word involved means for now, but if people wanted to get involved in this work, how could they? What, what What's the best way for people to get involved in, in all this fabulous, fantastic work, Libby? Yeah, I mean, and we, we would welcome and would love to hear from people who would like to be involved in, in whatever way that forms. And um, that can be either, you know, joining us, listening to perhaps some of the, the events or, or webinars, or it could be joining us as part of driving forward the, the programme and being at the heart of things. I think the best way, Andrew, is to, on the website, there is an email address on there. And the best thing would be to just email us or to contact us with your ideas and your suggestions and how you'd like to be involved. And we'll get back to you. That's brilliant. That's brilliant, Libby. And uh, I'm sure there'll be people out there who do that. So, uh, Libby, obviously, the, the framework today is the, 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 the main focus of the conversation. And we've touched on the various other work streams and, and and some of the planned activities. But I just wondered, as we're talking about the launch today of the framework, are there any other particular initiatives or things that are happening sooner rather than later that maybe some of our listeners might be interested in and would want to know more about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're busy at the moment planning for our future delivery for the programme over the next couple of years. So we have some really exciting things being planned and being developed as we speak. But in the immediate, the first thing that comes to mind, really, apart from the launch and the implementation of the Ascend framework, is that we have a really, really exciting uh, offer in 
the development of an e-learning nine module foundations in cancer care which will provide pre-registration students and also cancer support workers and those working at an assistive level with the chance to really get into a program of learning actually nine modules that will take them through a pathway of learning understanding cancer and its treatments and following the patient pathway and will be a really fantastic learning product so that will be soon to be launched as well so if people can look out for that and undertake the modules we'd be really really delighted that's great libby and i have to say i'm so heartened that one of the first sort of initiatives has been around as well as the pre-reg environment the supportive and assistive workforce i remember several years ago now someone told me that the supportive assistive workforce tends to be around 40 percent of the total workforce who provide around 60 percent of patient facing contact uh, in terms of you know the services patients uh, receive obviously that's a, a general averaged out figure yet historically they've often been a sort of forgotten or, or, or kind of like the last thought particularly uh, in terms of education training and, and 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 support for their growth and development so I'm I have to say, you know, uh, in spite of being a registered nurse by background, I, I am pleased that this element of the workforce um, are kind of getting that sort of, you know, upfront first sort of call in this work because I think in other, in other experiences they're often overlooked and their needs aren't uh, addressed, yet they provide such uh, a critical function to people who are affected by cancer and, uh, and, and more broadly. So that's, that's really great. So I think we've come to the end of our podcast uh, listeners. I want to say thank you to uh, Libby and Vanessa for joining us today. Information on the framework, the Ascend programme more, more broadly is uh, available and people can access this after listening to the podcast today. But for now, I will say thank you to Libby and Vanessa and we'll look forward to people listening to the next edition of Love Grove on Health. So all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening to this latest edition of Love Grove on Health. A reminder that our podcast can be found on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Amazon, Apple and Google. And that's where you can also subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also find the recordings on our Skills for Health website and social channels. Until next time, many thanks. Bye.